decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And we have better fix to do it in your city. The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's got a go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, Neil, what a play by Pius. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hello, fellas. Ladies, what's good? Oh, nothing's good. <laughs> Larry is I... so salty when the technology doesn't work. Like, it's just hilarious to watch. I mean, you it... hear him just pounding on the keys when he's trying to type something. You already promoted that it was going to be a live show, and now it's not live. Some of my internet's working, some of it's not. I cannot figure out the pattern. It started an hour ago. I don't know what's going on. We're on a Zoom call. We're on a Zoom call. That's working. Random other things just aren't. I, was trying, I can't text you guys, so something's wrong with the Wi-Fi. Like, wow, that's crazy. It's, it's very strange, yeah. Um, don't live in Northern Virginia. That's what I do. It's been good for the most part until today. <laughs> Not even in northern. Is that even considered northern Virginia? I guess now it probably is. Since oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, only because uh, Virginia's big. <laughs> no, it's definitely northern Virginia. It's yeah. The outskirts of northern Virginia. It's right. It's, it's like say? like horse country, right? It's horse country. Well, I dated a girl from I, there back in the day. Probably lives like a block from where you live. Well, what does back in the day mean? Because when I back moved... Back in the day means like 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, well, look, I moved into this house 19 years ago, and it was nothing like this. There were dirt gravel roads all around. That's not the case yep, anymore. Yeah, that's how it was then. It's, yeah. not, it's not the case anymore. Like, it's a little different. It, it, I'm in Loudoun County, but I'm in eastern Loudoun County, and eastern Loudoun County is definitely still part of northern Virginia. I can see how the western part you would say maybe not, but yeah, my view is very skewed by being away for a while. Like I'll come back and be like, "What the hell town is that?" Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a crazy dynamic, but yeah. At least we were all able to get together, right? Even if uh, we had technical difficulties, at least we're back. Uh, we had a reason to, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's been like a pretty stupid. 
two week period here. Crazy two week period. Commitments and yeah. basketball craziness, and then the whole goddamn conference stuff, which just came out of nowhere, which is just a shock of all shocks. I mean, how that didn't leave was a miracle. <laughs> you guys started. You guys started texting, and you're like, "We we gotta do a show and get whoever you were." I forget the guests you wanted to get, and I'm like, I'm "Like, what? What's going on?" <laughs> you guys are like, "Larry, turn on your TV." Yeah. Or whatever, like I'm open, the open like the web, open the web page, open uh, uh, the Inside Maryland Sports, and check see what's happening. I'm like, yeah, what's I'm going the one on? on on a mountain in Vermont, and I'm just like, holy shit, <laughs> Larry, turn on TV, man. Yeah, I didn't check Twitter. I didn't. Well, I've been traveling a lot. I my son, as I told you last time, my son, he is going to Indiana, and we went through orientation, and I now have this. Nice. So, and all it cost you was uh, yeah, tens fi- of thousands of dollars a year. Fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. yeah. So he signed his letter of intent as uh, out of state. Uh, you know, it's not. NIL. It's not quite that, but they did. They did offer him some money, so he got some nil. And right. there was a big whole thing with the, he had been committed to another school. Yeah, oh yeah, no, we did the whole we yeah, did yeah. the whole Kent State thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah. So he doesn't know it ton about sports he, he follows a little bit but i've been explaining to him our conference now his and mine uh what's happening and even he's like that's crazy and um so yeah, yeah um, we will we will get to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i told you october 15th jeff you're meeting me out there right maryland plays at indiana oh, yeah. i'm going out to be able to visit my son I got I got the hotel room already. Nice, October fifteenth. So, I'll book that. Yeah, I'll book that soon, Paul. What do you I say? am uh, I am not going to be in Bloomington, Indiana that that weekend. So you guys have fun. You're not up uh, for an eight hour uh, road trip to see Terps. T- ten hour drive, I think, unless you drive. Ten. That's yeah. what I mean. Just despite the despite yeah, the bigness, despite the bigness of that football game, I feel like I'm going to pass. Yeah. You never know, man. That could have BCS. Implications, <laughs> maybe bowl. Maybe, oh, maybe Detroit bowl implications. <laughs> Let <laughs> we'll me show you. Again, right? You guys know how how bad flying is right now, uh, or it yeah. can be. With you know, just like everything else, there's they're missing people, right? So I was on a layover and I got this. Oh, Mendy's nice. very good. Not quite Phil Steele, but. Close second, but see, yeah, I was I was in Indiana, so see who's on the cover: Purdue, Indiana, mm-hmm. and that's Notre Dame actually. Yeah, Notre Dame is in their Big Ten, but yeah, I, I went through the whole thing. If anybody has questions, I'll I'll be happy to tell you what they say about Maryland and the that's rankings. Funny, they just said screw it and put Notre Dame on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. even though it's a Big Ten magazine. I mean, it's an yeah. Indiana school, but I yeah. mean, still, it's hard. I mean, I was in Indianapolis, yeah, so. I know, but it says Big Ten, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Soon, soon to be all three Big Ten, right? Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Not about soon, but inevitably, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Inevitable yeah. is the word there. Yeah. No yeah. one knows, though. They just, they just keep flaunting their power decade after decade, letting everybody beg them, showing a little leg, and then just, you know, going back, staying independent, enjoying their – their prestige and their power trip of being Notre Dame. and It has to end eventually with the way the landscape is changing. 
they, they have to, and I just don't see how they're, I don't see how they're an SEC school by any stretch culturally. Notre Dame and the SEC would feel ridiculous to me. They'd be out on an island too, worse than UCLA and USC because they'd be by themselves. Although yeah. well, in, Indiana really, borders I mean. Kentucky, actually, but it's it's long because they're the very northern end of Indiana. So yeah, I but I mean, feel I... like they they need to slap a few schools on the map in between what's westernmost, like uh, Nebraska or something. For we, for Big Ten, yeah, Nebraska. Well, then, look, Colorado and Utah. Colorado are the only two that I can think of. Utah as well. They could string that right along all the way to the West Coast, and then Arizona. How attractive Utah is. Kansas football is. Utah's a bad. The mountain region is the fastest growing region in the country. Yeah, but I so, mean, remember, we're we're not in a situation anymore where you're talking about geography. You're not talking about, you know, media markets. It's brand because media market you know, still matters, though. Come on, I mean. Oh, yeah. It it matters, but it's it's not like physical. How many eyeballs can you get, you know, on a Big Ten network subscription anymore? Why like, not the Big Ten? They're they're what are their fees changed by like more than a dollar for every household as soon as you're in a state? That's I don't think that's it's not half, it. It's not as much about that as it used to but be. It but it still is. It's yeah. got to be a part of it. They've got this entire. They're the only conference that's got its own standalone network. And the more teams they have in the more states, but they the, go. But there's no more. There's more. No more media markets now that they got Southern California that can pull as many eyeballs that matter to them. You know what I mean? Like like Eugene, Oregon doesn't matter. Like that's not enough. No, matter. no, I know. You know. Probably North Carolina probably isn't enough to matter on its own. But you add North Carolina's brand. You know the the kind of reputation that comes with it, the fan base that comes with it, the bandwagoning that comes with it. Then that probably makes it a viable situation, right? Oh, Whereas you know you're talking about the Colorados and Washington states and Oregon, Stanford. They don't do it on their own. So I think that's why it's interesting to see the Big Ten be like, oh yeah, well you know we got the two that we wanted, and now we're just kind of like we're good. You know, like we don't need to expand. Just to expand, that's not the point here. The first point is to survive. I think they've guaranteed that they will survive whatever comes at this point. And I know they were scared to death of the SEC and the ESPN getting together and, you know, with the Oklahoma and Texas moving in. I get that. That's why they did the alliance thing. And then UCLA and USC decided to do one better. But, like, you don't just start taking schools just to take schools. Like, there's no point to that. They have to add the amount of revenue that makes that TV deal better for every other school, mm -hmm. or they have to add something beyond that, that like matters. I, but I, I don't think this is a situation where it's like you need to get Colorado and, you know, Boise state or whatever, just to like, no, knots. Well, before I you know, but that, you, have to, you have to think about how many they're going to add. First off, are they only going to get to 20, which I don't think, I think both sides, the SEC and Big Ten will keep trying to one-up each other, so you probably end up at, like, 24. So the first round, obviously, Notre Dame is heads and shoulders, head and shoulders above any other. You know, they're, they're the prom queen. They're the one everybody wants, and we'll wait on and make any accommodations for. And then I think that next group is probably, like, people don't seem to think Oregon. I was told Oregon's in the mix, but obviously, you know, you raised a good point about, you know, their market. Uh, Portland's the Nike, not bad. Nike connection. I think the Nike connection and the brand is worth something. 
they do have rabid fans and they do get really good TV ratings on their games. But I think, you know, UNC is probably in that top list. I think, um, you know, Washington and Stanford might be. And then last time around, they really wanted Virginia and Georgia Tech in North Carolina. And then also, what about Duke? What happens with Duke? North, can North Carolina go without Duke? Probably not. Yeah, they can. Screw Duke. Yeah. I, I've not, been yeah, I, I'm just, I don't know if they will or if they're tied together. Well, Duke being a private school changes things, right? That's true. It's I not mean, like it's NC State. But they, or, or Virginia, Virginia Tech in the yeah, ACC. Exactly. That was a thing too, right? So Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like there's no value in something in a school like Oregon. I think when you look, if you're just trying to pick off programs that have a good chance of success, get a lot of eyeballs, that makes sense. I just think in terms of, yeah, obviously they're great, Uh, right? But in in terms of like moving now, it it makes sense that the Big Ten just sits back is like, all right, let's see what Notre Dame's going to do. How funny would it be for uh, North Carolina after just completely ending K? Twice in his final year, just shoving him off into the sunset to then ditch them for the Big Ten without a lifeboat. It'd be wild. I mean, that's, it? that's rivalry over. We won. Like, yeah. We Victory. We yep. Yeah, yeah. We just ended you. We ended you as a Division yeah, One school. You. Yeah. Like it, was, it seemed like they beating, knocking K out twice at the end of the year in his home finale and then in the tournament. And then you pile that on. My God, that is full ownership. It's done. For a lifetime. Yeah, for a lifetime because they're not going to play in the same conference, and then Duke is stuck in, you know, a minor league basically is what the ACC is looks like it's going to be, and they're not even, they're probably not even the number three league. You know, they're probably number four after the Big Twelve when this is all said and done. Well, and that's probably what we're looking at here, right? I mean, if you're looking at the near term, you know, I would imagine you're going to have the SEC and the Big Ten. I think the Big Twelve still stays viable at least for a while. You know, they can pretty much pick up any of these other, you know, Midwestern schools that kind of get left in the dust. Yeah. Um, After that, you know, I think the ACC grant of rights issue and the Notre Dame thing all kind of come into play. I'd be curious whether Notre Dame has an out when it comes to those media rights on the whole. I mean, obviously they got their own football issue and they're, they're not fully an ACC school in that sense. I would be curious whether Notre Dame leaving the current arrangement might somehow affect the ACC's grant of rights and might allow them to blow up the whole thing. That needs I, to happen. Right. And and I don't think I don't think a UNC would blow up the ACC on their own. I don't think that would happen. I would imagine the two most likely scenarios are Notre Dame having some clause or some way to do it themselves by leaving for the Big 10 or whatever they decide to do. Or you get the SEC just coming and saying, I don't know, we don't give a shit. We'll give you $100 million to pay your fees or whatever and take Clemson and Florida State. And, yeah, you know, that's what I mean. This is just, you know, with, with, you know, SEC just pulling out, you know, fuck you money and just being like, here, whatever, you know, we don't care. Yeah. Even as inevitable as Notre Dame to the Big Ten seems, Clemson and Florida State just seem even more inevitable to the SEC. Like that's – they cannot fit any better in that conference. Especially yeah. Clemson, like they were made to be in the SEC. They're not going to stick around in the ACC. There's nothing there for them. You know, the grant of rights, obviously, like you said, is the big thing. One way or another, that's going to come undone. There's right. just too much pressure. When there's this much pressure, it's something eventually gives, you know. There's no way they're just going to be holding them up. I mean, hey, good, but you got to say good for like BC and Wake Forest. 
because those are tiny schools that really never had any business being on this level athletically and they're locked into considering the fate of all these other of like a an Oregon State or something like that, or Washington yeah. State. They're not their, their fate. They're locked into a nice little situation with the ACC. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, and that's the other thing. Game. And that's the thing that could actually happen first. You could see the Big Twelve suck up some more of those Pac-10 schools, and then the Pac-10's gone. Oh, they might you do. Know, it they're, really they're yeah. That they're, could happen like imminently. Utah, Colorado, Co- Utah. Uh, what are the other two? Arizona, Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah. So look. You, I understand and agree 100% about what you're saying about the only reason to take a school is if that $71 million that you've heard goes up and Notre Dame does that and no one else really does that. However, the Big Ten does care about other things like AAU status, for example. And you hear, I've heard people say this a lot. I don't know what the numbers are. I've never seen them. I don't know how true it is that they make X amount more on their academic alliance than they do on the on the football television money, right? And if that's the case, then even if you take a small hit by the Oregon, Washington, Stanford stuff, football television-wise, they come in as AAU schools, maybe that goes up. And you're adding markets, which still do matter at least a little bit, because... You're talking about, and geography matters a little bit because you're talking about having television slots and the only way to get the late one is to have West Coast games, right? Like all that stuff does matter still a little bit. I know. I mean, that's where Washington's a sleeper. Seattle market is pretty big. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, the television money, whatever it is, Notre Dame's the only one that ups that and no one else does that. But... All these other schools have a lot of other things that are really attractive too. Right. I don't. I actually don't think Washington and Oregon are AAU schools. I may be wrong. They, yeah, they are. Are they? One hundred percent, they are. Okay. Okay. Almost the whole Pac-10 is. So is okay. Utah, Colorado I knew Stanford was. Yes. I knew Arizona State yeah. is not. Right. Uh, well, there, no that's a school. Is. That's a school for dummies, and we've yeah. There's no. There's that. no Arizona State. Arizona is, however. <laughs> Shout out Pat Turk, dumbass. Um, right, yeah, I don't know. If they are, then great. That is, that is helpful. And I, I think the AAU thing, there's something about the federal research dollars that they can, they can share. That right. Have it doesn't affect, you know, it, it helps the school. It doesn't affect the athletic departments. Um, I, would, I would say this. I would bet that it's probably not contractual language, but I bet that there's an understanding between the Big Ten and USC, UCLA, that they will not be stranded on the West Coast alone, at least for very long. I just suspect that the Big Ten wants to get an answer from Notre Dame, and if they get it and it's positive, they'll probably want to bring Stanford because of the longtime rivalry, and that's fine. Stanford brings a lot. It does bring the Bay Area. That's, you know, that's kind of a thing. So that's three. And then, you know, my thought is then you pick the two best other available, right? And that gets you to 20. That's a pretty nice round number. And you could probably argue, like you've argued successfully there, I think that, you know, a a school like Oregon or Washington might make sense there if they come in as a pair. And then that way you end up having four or five West Coast teams that kind of, you know, you can make like a pod out of or a division out of. And then you can start to make a little more sense when it comes to travel costs and things like that. Um I just, I just 
think it all just hinges on Notre Dame. They're just they're just not going to move again until Notre Dame decides yeah. either a yay or nay. And I imagine if it's nay this time, they just tell them to go f themselves and move on without them and just understand it's not going to happen yeah, and let the them SEC. be alone. Go to the SEC and mingle with all these people who, who are your you know total yeah. cultural yeah. opposites as a university. That's speaking of which. That's why I still think Stanford is one to watch because as much as the Big Ten is hoity-toity about his it's academics, there's no way that they wouldn't like to have that Stanford brand. I mean, that Stanford brand, when you take sports out of it even, even though they're respectable, is elite like very few others, you know, like Ivy League level. So there's no way the Big Ten wouldn't like to slap that Stanford name, I wouldn't think, you know, onto their list. But, yeah. I, th- I think they're the natural partner for Notre Dame if Notre Dame comes. Without yeah. Notre Dame, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it probably depends on how high they want to get. I just I, don't think uh, – my only thing is I, I don't suspect they're going to expand just for the sake of expanding at this point. I think they got the two big fish they wanted out of the West Coast, and they only got them because they came to them. You know, USC and UCLA – Are you sure about that? the other way around. They, methinks me, me thou doth protest too much. They said that man. so much. It's like, okay, okay, we get it, Big Ten. You weren't, you weren't you interloping tamper. into, yeah, you didn't tamper. Like, tamper you weren't poaching. Sure, yeah. We get it, we get I, it. Like, talking to him ahead of time, right? Yeah, like, come on. He just decided, uh, either way, so who do they get from the ACC? North Carolina's got to be the most attractive. I would it's think. the only one. Unless they want to go. Georgia and Tech do the whole Atlanta market though, and but they, nobody roots for Georgia Tech. That. That's no, Georgia Tech has no fans. They got no fans. They don't exist. I know, I know, but they've got, they wanted them last time. Maybe things have changed. They've got the Atlanta market is not is one of the few places where the Big Ten does not have any. The Atlanta know, market is yeah. SEC country, and they're wasting their time even trying to get into it. I understand what you're saying, and they, yeah, and but, I re- I remember us talking about them looking at Georgia Tech last time, but. I refuse to believe that. There's yeah, but then a again, good one for you. What the hell happens to Virginia Tech? They're way too good to be stuck in a garbage ACC. They're not going to the Big 12. Ten, so their only hope is that the SEC invites them. They're and they have the an SEC 12. feel. I mean, their their fans are are insane. Right. Southern, rural, hardcore football. They've had really good teams. Like they don't belong stuck in that Wake Forest, Pitt, Syracuse conference so they need I think to the SEC desperately I actually think that 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 Pitt and Virginia Tech are going to end up in the Big 12 I think I think that's a natural move for them and it it at least I don't know I I, I don't I don't see the death of the Big 12 happening as much as as the ACC or the Pac-10 I feel now, like big, the big, big 12 is best positioned after the first two for sure yeah and if big 12 moves now and is able to suck up the schools like a Virginia Tech or ones that kind of fit their mold that kind of middle America rural college town kind of feel like you know you could buy that as a you know certainly not as good as the Big Ten or SEC but a commerce that could survive as long as there's still a NCAA to you know, to play in, you know, the, the future is eventually all the big schools are just going to get together and, and form a super league. And that's going to be that. But I think in, in, in the, the universe, as we know it, even with all this expansion, I think there's a, there's room for the big 10. I just feel like the, the PAC 10 and the ACC are the ones that are really screwed here. You know, what the most important thing of this is though, think for a second, 
What am I gonna say? We get to. We I finally get to go to a Rose Bowl. Live <laughs> show in Westwood, dude. Yes. Oh. West. Let's do this. You paying for the flights, Jeff? Yeah. Got it, man. Yeah. Let's I do am. it. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for that. First, first year that they go out there. Think no, about. Yeah. Think about. Just say for a second that Notre Dame. Washington, Oregon, Stanford do join, and it's the 20-team Big Ten. Maryland's schedule, Jesus, like all six of the new schools. I mean, Stanford maybe, but like the other five, like every time Maryland plays, it's going to be an underdog. I've also seen speculation travel that like the East Coast teams or East, you know, Maryland, Rutgers, and also Indiana, those kind of schools, when they're, they'll play back-to-back road games at USC and UCLA and just stay there for a week in between. Uh, yes, basketball, please. You're going to have to schedule like that in basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. the travel is going to be insane. Well, the Pac-12 already does that. They have travel partners, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah, it's and been Colorado, done. Colorado, Utah. That's what they do all the time for those sports. All their non-rev basketball and then all the non-rev sports they have travel partners that's how they do it yeah so no, but, I, mean, I, the, I, I did i did say when we joined the big town i wanted one rose bowl in my lifetime i will accept playing usc in the rose bowl as a rose bowl that's not even no that's not the same thing i know it's not the same thing but i don't think i'm getting the other that's, thing so i'm gonna take this one that's not yeah but the other but the thing other is, other it, is that, that Maryland's just going to open up a basketball pipeline to L.A. and start getting like five-star recruits out of L.A. every year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jeff, Makes sense. That's how things always go, you know. Jeff just There's promised. Not, nothing, nothing like, uh, you know, you know, Kevin Kevin Willard could just walk down walk down to the local gym in L.A. and, you know, turn some heads, right? Match up a seven-footer right quick. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. I'm excited, though. I mean, I'm weirdly excited about this. I was a little scary when – you see some of this stuff, but like this is this is fun. I'm a little Great. sad about it. I'm a little sad about it too. I got to be honest. I college football Saturdays. I've been a college basketball fan my entire life. The tournament with all these different conferences and teams coming together, and if the two conferences really do pull away, there's a little bit of like nostalgia kicking in. I do get a little sad about it. Well, speaking about nostalgia, um, whatever the opposite of vindicated <clears throat> is. That's what all the people who were so mad about Maryland leaving the ACC are right now. They are the opposite Yeah. I mean, and I know I, I'm not hating because at the time, you know, I understood it was a, it's like going through a divorce after many years. But, uh, yeah, they were wrong. Like, that move. I was happy ACC, about it from day one. They're one of the few that are on, that are looking good no matter what happens. Even if you lose, whatever happens, you're looking at pretty soon probably over $100 million a year. And the okay. Teams are getting twenty-five million. Okay, magic, hang magic. on. I, I, I just can we can we just pour one out for for old forward-thinking Wallace Low? No, I mean, what a, what a genius! I mean, visionary. that guy. That I mean, guy is a visionary. He saw. I guess. Yeah. Just uh, wait. He decided to invite everybody onto his front porch and <laughs> and here's Elon, he's the Elon Musk of college athletics. Jeff, a hundred million per school per year. When they're talking about a billion dollar contract divided by sixteen is not a hundred million per school. Well, you're up to one point four billion the other day. I that's saw. what you heard? Yeah. yeah, and that's under the so they've only sold half. That's the other thing. I was talking to uh, Paul's hero and our good friend 
John Aaron from the uh, Sports Business Journal the other day. So, so the Big Ten has only sold 50% of its games so far. So they still have 50% left. Left. Um, so I assume they can probably get more now that UCLA and USC are involved for the other half. But I asked him. He said it's last time around the deal got them 700 million or so a year, and this will be the first time it's over uh, over a billion, and then pretty soon I think it'll be over 100 million per school. So I think right now it's probably like 80 million per school. That's, and, I'm just. I'm doing math right now. It's, not, it's still not a hundred million. It's not there, yeah, but it's, it's st- even at one point four billion. It's not. No, but it's, it's look. We're not look. We're not estimating. <laughs> we're, we're we're just estimating. Well, you know, round numbers here. No, fine. I've heard seventy-one, and then I, I hear people. But they haven't sold the other half yet, so that could get more now with UC, USC and UCLA still adding into the mix. So I think it's the next deal in seven years where they think it'll go over. Uh, 100 million a year, and right now it's you know it's a billion a year divided by 14, so it's you know 75 or whatever that is. One point yeah, and I mean there billion. and there was talk of you know like Apple trying to rejoin negotiations after the you know after the announcement. Like uh, it, it changes things a little bit when you start to make it basically a nationwide conference footprint. I mean it's it's kind of a big deal. So. I don't know what to expect. I don't. I, I mean, I don't care whether it's eighty million or a hundred million. It, it's a lot of money, and it's enough money for us to pay for the things. Turn it, we is, turn it into for. some results, right? Yeah. Turn it into some results. Yep. Talking about the amount of money that you're getting is exciting until you realize it means nothing if you're not winning and getting good recruits. But when? When? But they got to put the money. Are they going to actually put the money into coaching staff? Not that I don't want Loxley gone or whatever, but if they're going to go to the next level, he needs big-time assistance. And at some point, if he leaves, either due to lack of performance or what have you, and someone else comes in, are they going to spend 8 or $10 million a year to get a coach? They'll I have the money to do it. I think they're fully dedicated to spending on football. It's basketball that's, not, that's kind of uh... – the second tier for them. They don't, basketball doesn't get as much, you know, you built that 200 something million dollar facility for football. So they're all in on that basketball. Now the question is whether they even, from what I'm hearing, the question is whether they even build this practice facility or they just unbundle all those donations and try to get those guys to put them to NIL instead. <laughs> well, instead, look, what. Yeah. The, hold, on, hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. That can't be fucking serious. Are you serious? No, yeah, absolutely. Serious. Yeah, because look, if you're making so much money from your television contract now, why do you need people to donate to the Terrapin Club for the athletic program anymore? Well, wait, 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 what are we, wait, hold on. Now, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about the, the, the university taking over and building the facility itself? Or are we talking about know. just ditching the facility because they want to get some NIL Maybe money? Because I can tell you what Harvey Sanders is going to say bit. right now. No, they could kick the can down the road a little bit. But also they're going to have so much money they can do it without the donations. You would so, think so. You would that's what think I'm saying. So, so like all those donations. It sounds like they're broke. I think a big part of that is because they're just constantly paying off these loans from the Big Ten. It seems like they're never getting out from under that. I don't know what the number is now. But, Jesus, it's been – Eight years, you would think it'd be knocked out, but I don't think it is. 
So I think that takes a little chunk, but somehow, you know, they always seem to have a tight budget. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I think you could see some of those donations that were earmarked for the, for the basketball indoor facility go to NIL potentially, potentially it's not happening for sure, but it's been mentioned. I, if you, you might as well, you might as well just, you might as well just, I get, I, I, I think again, I don't, I don't, that, I don't know these guys. The recruits care more about NIL than they do about a nice. Yes. And, and old rich white guys care about their names on stuff. Yeah. That's true. They don't care about how, how I'm writing a check to Jameer Young or, you know, Hakeem Hart. They don't give a shit about that. I, I, I If that's something that's being seriously considered, then I I, I, I don't know I how no serious it, it is, but I can tell you it's been mentioned to me a couple times, whether that's I'm, just a an idea that's just being kicked around informally, maybe. Maybe, you know, that's something I, I, I need to do more reporting on that one. Yeah, that idea should be put in a box and punted into the ocean. But And I, I understand the need for NIL, but, boy, that's going to – you want to talk about things that go over like a lead balloon? <laughs> Good luck, fellas. Hey. About 700000 I was told yesterday in their NIL right now. For basketball or football? Basketball. That's all donations. Those are all from the heavy hitters. But yeah. then what? Because that's yeah, like one year or two years of players, and then, then you got to do it again. They're not going to keep giving back every year. That's, that's what I'm and, saying. Like, and I was told actually today that a lot of them are frustrated, and they're like, "Is this the last ask for a while?" Because they have been asked these same batch of people, whether it's you know forty or a hundred or whatever. It's not a ton or two hundred. Who knows? There's definitely not two hundred heavy hitters, but whether nah. there's 200, you know, people you can go to for a decent check. Uh, they've been asked for money for the football facility, the basketball indoor facility, the coaching search last year. They passed the hat for the coaching search to pay for that somehow, which seems kind of strange. Uh, and NIL. So you're asking the same group of people to keep opening their wallets for all these things. It's not going to keep happening. NIL's not sustainable because – it's it's forever ongoing unless oh. they just start allowing the schools to actually pay the players and forget the NIL thing. And then you get into a whole thing where you're basically they're signing contracts and, you know, is there going to be a salary cap and all those kind of things come into well, play. The thing I don't understand is like there are a lot of, you know, business owners and stuff. Uh, you know, CEO types who who are part of this group, right? I mean, there there's like a legitimate advertising value to a you know really good University of Maryland basketball player as a as a spokesman or as a you know someone who's representing your business. So, like, I I find it hard to understand that they can't corral some people, you know. Even as something as stupid as silly as a car dealership, right? Like you could you could justify. Yeah. So they have done so. They've done a few little things. They've done some things like that. It's all like because that's how potatoes, right? But that's how this this becomes a thing, right? You take the small potatoes of a ten thousand dollar check from, you know, Fred Frederick Ford, except you know that comes every year because there's a different player who does a different thing who right. does a different thing, that's right? It. And then you get like a hundred of those, and all of a sudden you're talking about real money. And I think what's always been the problem with Maryland's donor base is they just don't have the volume of people who write checks. Like they've got a small group that writes a lot of big checks and that's it. They don't have, you know, 10,000 small business owners out there who are writing little checks. 
Those SEC schools can do it every year because they yep. have those they have those religious fans. But yeah, you are you're spot on, Paul. They need to they need to partner with a business or do it as a business concept. Partner like Tennessee. Look at they partnered with a company called Spire Sports, which has raised I I don't something insane like thirty million dollars for them. Uh, like they're they're the ones who supposedly paid what well, like eight million dollars for the quarterback. You know I think their budget is. Their NIL football budget is probably like twenty million. For basketball, yeah, it's insane. And and I mean, perfect example: Cameron Selden, the recruit, the uh, recruit top twenty-five football recruit from Virginia. He's going to announce tomorrow or today, I guess, if you're listening. And uh, Tennessee is is the heavy favorite. It's Maryland, Penn State, and Tennessee. I don't think you know you can't beat Tennessee if they're offering them two or three hundred thousand dollars. Forget about it. And I think, you know, you're seeing a little bit of that in the recruiting class so far. You know, it's been a lot of kind of under-the-radar guys. Not that they won't pan out, but no four-stars so far. That's what I – if we're sort of segueing into recruiting a little bit, the two main patterns that I noticed. One is that they're all between something like 83 and 85 rated. Like no big names – yeah, a lot the, of camp offers. The other thing I notice is how many wide receivers and tight ends. <laughs> like, <laughs> can they get a lineman, well, offense or defensive lineman? <laughs> two things. Those guys are harder to get, obviously, because they're harder to find and they're far more valuable. You can find a million six foot one fast guys. You can't find three hundred ten pounds six five guys who can be tackles. Well, and you can also turn a lot of six-one fast guys into running backs and cornerbacks and safety. That's the other thing. So, so Maryland needs wide receiver and corner are probably the two are definitely the two positions where they have the most guys on the way out. I think after next season, you know, all those just about all those corners are about done, and same with the receivers are the top several guys. So there is a need for those guys, but you're right. At some point, you got to start getting some big boys. It's, it's still the Big Ten. Yeah. Now they went really heavy on defensive line last year. Offensive line always worries me. I mean, they 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 look like or they are developing a decent second line, but you're losing what five guys this year at the minimum. Right. So, you know, they are going to have to plug some bodies in there. Defensive line, I'm less worried about just because they they've recruited so many of the past couple years um, and pretty successfully. I, I I normally get worried about stars. Um, on a, on a broader scale, like you'd like to have two or three locked up by now. But at the same time, this, this group has shown a really good ability to scout talent. And a lot of these guys are unranked, you know, they're guys who don't go to the, do the camp cycle, you know, but these guys know how to scout talent. So like if they're going to camp and you're offering guys, because you like what you see, I'm kind of generally okay with that. You don't want a whole class of those guys. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, that's that's the only deal breaker. Like you I'm fine with ten of those guys. Once you get beyond that, you are gonna need to get some guys that kind of everybody agrees are quality recruits. Um and I'm less concerned about that in July. I'd be way more concerned about that in you know, September. Yeah, because it's locks. He thrives late in the game. You know he'll and he'll have an NIL program. I've hinted at it. He's gonna have a really solid NIL program. You know, launching soon from what I hear, you know, details are not publicly available yet, but I think it'll be legit. And so that will help him. And 
Also, I stand corrected what you said, Paul, about the offensive line. That and the receivers are the two most senior most guys who are on their way out the doors. Corners, you're losing several. The offensive line, I think you're losing the whole – maybe the whole, whole starting five. Line, unless T.J. Glaze is starting, so then it would be four out of five. Let's – when we're doing recruiting on football, there's been some basketball recruiting as well. Correct, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, they've been – there's been recruiting, not committing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got to close on some guys. I mean, they're. I think they're doing a good job finding the guys they want, but it's the same old thing that we've seen many times before where you find you do a great job scouting, and then two months later, you know, if you're not able to, to lock the kid up early after you find him, everybody jumps on the bandwagon, and all of a sudden you're competing like El Marco Jackson, who I wrote about. You're competing with Michigan, Kansas, LSU, all these schools all of a sudden. Uh, so, you know, they're in on guys, but I, I wouldn't say there's necessarily anybody who I see them as a favorite, a clear favorite for, which is a little bit unusual this time of year. Um, so it's really, it's really undecided. I think they're going to push really hard for Deshaun Harris-Smith, who's a borderline top 50 guard. My neighbor. Yeah, right next to Larry out there, Paul. Paul One minute, oh, I live right around the corner from. You the get new- over there and drop the bag, man. Drop that yeah. nil bag on him. Give uh, g- give me the bag and then I'll hand it to him if you want. <laughs> so so he uh, all right, just take a sign to the game. Make a sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he they're pushing hard for him with uh, Marco Jackson, kind of, you know, I don't know if I want to say fading, but far more competition for him than there was. So they really would love to lock him down, put him next to Jonathan Lamothe. That'd be a great start. If they could pull it off at all, it would also end, you know, that team takeover thing where they haven't been getting any of those kids. They've literally never gotten a single player from Paul the sixth all this time that they've been a power high school program. And then Nike. Yeah. Nike takeover. I mean, they love sending the kids to Villanova, Michigan, you know, uh, a couple other schools. So, that would break the drought. You know, we'll see where he's at. We'll have an update posted on him uh, maybe today, actually. And, you know, big man-wise, there's a bunch of names on the list. But, again, there's nobody who, as far as I know, is anywhere close to committing. Okay. Seems like gotta it's – We'll seems go like basketball, man. We got to, you know – They got to get the money going or they're going to be – But that's the thing with, with – um, well, Willard, Kevin Willard, he never had great recruiting classes, but he still got his teams into the top 25 a lot. So, he's a really good developer. I mean, yeah. He, he developed two guys who were not big-time recruits into the Big East Player of the Year, back-to-back years. Yeah. But you don't so, want to just rely. No, no, of course not. Coaching them up is not a uh, – eventually yeah. it's in the March. Usually if you have a few stud athletes, that's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like what Jeff has said on on the InsideMarylandSports.com message board. I mean, the real issue here is that 23 class, you're going to have at least a five- or six-man class. That's going to be the basis for the next three or four years, right? You try and bring in those freshmen, pepper in the transfers around them as they as they kind of develop and come along. You know, that's, that's what you're really looking at here. You know, obviously, Lamoth is a good start to that. If they can find a way to get Kaiser in there, you're looking good, too. As for the big power guards, you know, the DHS and and with uh, El Marco Jackson, I mean, obviously excellent talents, but there's a lot of those guys out there. 
Um, I'm less concerned about that, but you do start wondering, you know, how long it's going to take to get the second guy and then third yeah, guy. Yeah, because we've, can seen, you get we've seen the, the Turgeon cycle where you're in on these great guys at the start, and then they end up being Kentucky, and then, and then you get to the next guys you really like, and they end up at Villanova or wherever else, and then all of a sudden it's like, who's going to be on the team? And then next thing you know, you have a Quan Smart and, uh, you know, some of these other guys. What was the kid who, who ended up going like D2 and still didn't? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to poop on anybody. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's crap on some, some, some kids. Yeah, the guy they pulled that. out of Indiana who was, you know, just, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the biggest reach out of all of them went D2, didn't play there. His name was probably Travis or, Troy, I don't know. It was something along those lines, very close. But um, James Graham. Yeah, also, I forgot Kaiser. Paul, you mentioned Kaiser. That's the other one I forgot. They were in on him fairly early, not as early as uh, Marco Jackson, and he's blown up. Now UCLA's in the mix, and of course, in true Maryland style, right after UCLA offers, they join the freaking Big Ten, <laughs> and that doesn't hurt uh, at all. So, yeah, there's uh, a lot of answers, or excuse me, a lot of questions right now, and. Yeah, for the answers. Well, right. I, will, I will say just one thing before we we cut out. Just to defend Willard a little bit, you got to wonder if when you come into a new job like that at a bigger program, whether you're testing the brand when you recruit. Like you know, you come in, you're not maybe used to recruiting these kind of big, high profile guys, and you're like, well, I'm the coach at Maryland now, so I'm going to see if I can go get this guy that I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to get if I was the coach at Seton Hall. And he might be some swings and misses off the top. Um, it's really just how he fills out the class. Like, I'm not going to sweat the day-to-day at this point. Just, you know, at the end of the – you know, when you get to signing day, I want to see five quality players. That's, yeah, that's the other all. Thing is, we, we haven't seen him coach on this level yet. If he gets out there and Big Ten coaches them up, gets them right. to get this team to the tourney and win a game, which would be a very good result considering, you know, the rebuild, semi-rebuild anyways. Win all game? A little – then you think give a little more, more leeway to some lower ranked recruits because you think he can right coach them up. Yeah. All right. To end the show, I have over under for you guys. I'll give you a statement about Maryland sports or the number you have to say over or under and expound upon. We'll start with Jeff. The number of teams in the Big Ten at the start of the 2024 season. 2024 football season over under 17 over. I think it'll be 20 by then. I think they're on a path to 24 and things are going so fast. Now everything's out in the open, the amount of pressure and money things will have some moves will have to happen. So I think they'll be over by then when you USC and UCLA come in, there's going to be six coming in at once. You think? I think it's possible. Well, you know what? I should say sign at the beginning of that season, maybe not signed up to join. You know, some of them might still have to do a year or two wherever they are. So maybe okay. I should in that. But I would I would say if it's signed up, there will be. But yeah, that's a good point. Some of them might be stuck for a few years. Okay, Paul. Number of wins Maryland football will average in the new Big Ten. We talked about these six potential new teams that are all probably. Uh, and generally going to be better programs in Maryland, over under 5.5? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in Loxley. I would say over, not maybe not a lot over, but over. And I also think when you look at the way this stuff is, is geographically, if you do end up with a 
you know, 20 or 24 type situation where you've got pods, it's very likely Maryland could end up in a pod with Rutgers and Indiana or Purdue. Like there, there are some gettable programs on the Eastern side of the big 10. So like we might kind of luck out and get actually into a slightly better situation than we would be before. And frankly, you know, we've seen Cal have to cross the country and come here and lose. Badly. Right. I mean, so I, you know, I, th- I think I think there's some advantages here too for Maryland too. I, I don't think it's all all downside. Okay, Jeff, ranking for Maryland's 2023 basketball recruiting class over under 25. I'll say over because basketball recruitings are weird. Recruiting rankings are weird. Like football, everybody's taking a lot of kids, so it kind of averages out. Basketball, somebody might only be taking two or three, and Maryland's going to take five. I think they'll get – I feel like they should get at least a couple of top 100 kind of kids. So I, I would say based on sheer numbers, they should be better than 25. That wasn't the most ringing of endorsements, but okay. <laughs> I mean, we have, we have people, like, right, they're, they're not in – right in the mix on any five-star kind of guys, right? So that's not going to carry them into the top ten. So they need a few – you know, maybe Lamoth was top 100. He was top 50, I think, and then fell out of the top 100. But they need a few guys in that. I think Harris Smith is probably the best bet to get them headed in that direction. But not Paul, Paul, number of power conferences after the shuffling is done over under 2.5. I think there will be over. I think, like I said before, I think the Big 12 has a chance to remain viable to some degree. Um, and I think if it if you got to a situation where it was only the Big 10 and the SEC that mattered, they would blow the whole thing up and do something different. So I, I don't think I don't think in that there would be a world where where you could have college football under the NCAA guidance as we know it with only those two conferences being regarded as power conferences. If Jeff's right that the Big Ten and SEC are both going to 24, then you may be wrong about that. It's possible. If they both go to 24 and they eat up. Well, if they go both go to 24, you're just running out of schools, right? Right. There's nothing left for the other conferences. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with Jeff. Now, Jeff is smarter than me and better at this, but I don't yeah, think right. that they're going to go that high. Um because I don't think there's necessarily the need to, but I mean that'll be tested out, and I think he's yeah. That's ready. a long term. I think that's yeah. a long term picture. I think twenty is definitely the number for the near future. Jeff, number of wins for this year's men's basketball team regular season over under twenty. What do they have? Thirty one games. Yep. Um, yeah, it should be right in that range. It's possible. I'll go over. You know, I think they do have some nice pieces. I think people, you know, the, the bench is the question. I mean, the bench is a total mystery. If you thought last year was a mystery, this year, I mean, you just have no idea you need. You're going to drop some more, uh, some more Ike Cornish uh, practice. Yeah, I was just going to say. He's supposed to be looking good. I think. <laughs> the practice I think, warrior. Yeah, he's the practice. He's the, the annual he's, practice. He's the Evan Smotrich of this summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul's they favorite player ever. Starting lineup. If you look at that starting lineup, if they come together, which is always a question when you got a bunch of transfers, but Jameer Young, Donald Carey, Dante Scott, Julian Reese, that's a – And Hakeem Hart. And Hakeem Hart, obviously, yeah. So that's – to me, that's a 
that's not an elite Big Ten starting lineup, but that's a really good Big Ten starting lineup. The bench, who the hell knows? So I'll say yes, tentatively. Over. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was just the the Evan Smotrich uh, memories when, like, it must have been, like, the very first or second year of the show. And every week, Paul was railing on Evan Smotrich. <laughs> In particular, I remember you having major anxiety every time he let a fast break. Like, that was your thing. Every time you let a fast break, you're like, no, 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 no. Just <laughs> horrifying. Oh, man. I, I can never find that video. There's that one video of him. I think it might have been against Michigan. I'm not sure. He took off on the break. He was by himself, and he took off for a finger roll. And I kid you not, it hit literally the top of the backboard. And the finger <laughs> right in front of the rim, and it bounced off like it might have gone over the backboard. The thing like, is, he had – Dude, every time he got the ball in a position on a long rebound or something, you could just see his eyes light up. He's like, oh, I'm going to the house. Yeah, it's not much time. If it, he would be gone. It's like, oh, Christ, this is going to end The thing so is, he had, he had some good moments, though. He was he, not a terrible player. Oh, he's good. Time. Yeah, yeah, he had some his good, good moments. His good was really good, but his bad yeah. boy, his bad yeah, yeah, was really, yeah. really bad. All right. Paul, last one. Number of days left until your first tailgate of the college football season over under 53. Oh, shit, Larry. I was promised there was no math. Um, it's under. It's 52. Oh, okay. It's 52 days in about eight hours, just so you know. I had a countdown clock going, which I was going to pull up before I had all my technical issues. But, yes, it's barely under 53. That's why I picked that I number. I am very excited about the yes. game. I am very not excited about the noon start. That was a bit of a downer. Oh, it's got to be 3.30 or later. Are we doing a tailgate show this year or what? We gotta, we gotta pick well, not a game. for that game. Yeah, that's <laughs> not. we got to pick a game for that. Not for we, a noon start. Yeah, what no, have we got on. here? We've got um, ooh, the other, we, got S, we got SMU at night. Remember, right? We've got, I think we got SMU on the on September seventeenth at like seven. Yeah, 7 how many PM fans? I don't know how many fans SMU is going to bring out though. Is there? I'm any, worried about is that. There any other uh, late afternoon games? I should. Know I, I don't think we have any other times outside of those two home games. I might yeah. be wrong. Remember, and also. We got to talk about the location, Paul. Yes. Oh, no, dude. That's y'all's problem. You're We're not going, going to lot one this well, Y'all's That's problem? Fine. What do you mean it's y'all's problem? You will not be able to be at your tailgate. Paul had us in Frederick. We were on the side of the highway in Frederick, Maryland. Doing our Look, team. man. We, and we talk. Don't disparage lot nine, man. It's a solid joint. Just I like it. One, in lot one, you're kind of surrounded. People can't avoid you if they I want could to. Not beg, <laughs> I could not beg people. People I know. Me they were going to come out. They all no showed. They're like, oh, dude, I tried, but yeah, couldn't make it all the way out there. Well, we, they we, didn't try. We talked to Ben Page about combining with I don't his. Know. Ben Ben cheated on a stern spring game, man. Yeah, I addressed I addressed that with him privately. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that, man? I expect what, better. What do you do? I don't I don't know the story. He said he's open to all uh, another show. Somebody did another show from his. Oh really? I'm, I'm I'm messing with Ben. He's good people, and Ooh, he, doesn't, they, he doesn't care about I don't anything. Think there but, are any listeners? I don't yeah, think he doesn't. He doesn't care about anything but promoting merit. Yeah, I like him a lot. We had a lot of fun with him at the at the bowl game. Yeah. No, he's I just had. Guy. to get He him. said uh, he said he's open to whoever wants. So I can't blame. Him. No, I just, 
exclusive rights, but I will say nobody showed up to watch that one, just for the record. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to do my Donald Trump thing right there. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, we need to we need to do that. Let me yeah, see. We'll I'm looking at the schedule yeah. right now. Twelve noon, SMU seven thirty. My God. Okay, so we half, can, no, we half. would not do it at twelve noon for a seven thirty start. No, no way. No, 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 no. You're no, saying no. Buffalo's twelve noon. Oh, 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 oh. SMU seven thirty. Virtually the entire schedule says to be announced. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have to Last figure year that, we got it. We got it easy with that three thirty start, but well, um, we'll figure something out. In two years, we'll be doing it in LA, which I'm very excited about. So. Well, I mean, given the the randomness of the Big Ten schedule, we could be doing it in two years or twenty or, years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we might be dead by the time we actually play in LA. Well, there's two teams there, so there's two two shots at it. Wow. Yeah, but one's really way no, better than the other. There's no headliner opportunities for the show. SMU, you said, is not headliner for seven thirty. Is nice. Otherwise, Ohio State's not till mid November. It's gonna be cold by then. Nope. Michigan State, October first, like maybe. Only, uh, might have to be Michigan State if that's yeah. uh, that's not nude. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, good show, fellas. Technical issues, so we were not live today. Did not have a live chat. Jeff's going to be getting this posted up, and I'm going to try and cut it down and still load it up to YouTube as a video as well. So anybody, yeah, we're want- gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get a little more a little more frequent here. We're kind of creeping up on uh, August camp a little bit, so I'm, I'm starting yeah, to starting to feel it. Yeah, that's why once August gets here, that's yeah. why I wanted to give you that as the last over under because I was excited. It's 50, 52 days. Yeah, not, that's not many days. Not not that long. Less than like Harrison's gonna have a big year, fellas. He is. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> Hey, I still, I still had that jo- that bottle of Johnny Black. That's uh, that was a good good win. The we had the other bet about the twenty players from that roster getting to at least a practice yeah. squad. So we'll see because the NFL is going to be having their training camps. We're going to see how many of those guys. Well, it has to be a practice squad for a game, obviously not not just a camp. Everybody gets to practice. You know, everybody gets invited to camp. Yeah, they make the actual yeah. fifty-three man or right. whatever. Yep. Yeah, okay. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure was, you're not sliding on me. That's all. No, I thought you were like tightening it up, and I was like, wait, whoa, 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 what? No, no, no. Just make sure we're talking about the game, not the not you know like August camp advice. Well, that's different. They may not ever get into a game, but if they're on the fifty-three man practice yes. squad, that counts. Yeah, like Jake Funk last year, he was on the fifty-three. He didn't play a lot, but yeah. you know, if, as long as he's on the fifty-three, I count it. Yeah, that's fine. And Jeff promised me Dante Demas regardless whether he makes it or not. So, because the injury should yeah. not be held against me. Yeah, thank you. I think I think I I think he's going to recover. I, I, that's yeah, I, my, my I prediction. Hope so too. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna make it by midseason. They'll be back back to some sort of form. Maybe At not, least enough not. to get drafted and like have a shot and stuff. Certainly enough to be a pain in the ass for the other team. Yeah. Okay. Good show, everybody. If anybody's made it this far into the show, please follow us on YouTube. Trying to get those subscribers. Trying to get that base up. Need to really what our goal is to get to a thousand. Because then things happen at a thousand. Anyway. Because then because then Jeff's not the only one getting paid. <laughs> All right. Saying, but those, I, YouTube, those YouTube dollars aren't very big when you have a thousand. You need more like uh, I know, I can't be waiting. Don't act like I wouldn't frame that 13 cent check on my wall, bro. Yeah, Just going to say that. 
I was going to say five cents, but just like just like when we sold two, my band sold two records at Tower Records, and I got a four dollar and twenty cent check on my wall. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely frameable. For sure. I oh, yeah. I periodically get hundred dollar checks from, uh, what do I uh, from like BMI and stuff because we had like five records and people still download it on iTunes and all this stuff all the time. Yeah, so. well, screw you, Larry, jerk. Yeah, it's pretty good. You had to throw that in, didn't you? Yeah, it's not often. <laughs> but it does happen like once a year or something. So like, that ain't who bad. The, who the hell are these people who just found me now? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Good show, guys. See you guys. I don't know when. <laughs>